0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I um, did a live stream with Clayton and Jacob, and it's already getting late, and I have to do this podcast and Packernet After Dark. So um, the plan is going to be to make this a quick one. This is going to be uh short condensed episode I'm telling myself that because i need it to be and we'll see how this goes <laughs> cuz i tend to talk a lot um so that was that was great that was fun i was just saying on the on the live stream i didn't realize how bad i needed that um you know it's it's easy to kind of shut down and go into intellectual mode and um you know Kind of say, okay, well, the season's not going to be great. So, what do we do now? And, um, that's fine. And, and I don't know that we aren't still there. I'm not trying to declare, hey, guess what? We're back now. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, uh, what I'm saying is, I just forgot how good it felt. <laughs> and it was such a fun game. And it was the Dallas Cowboys and it was at home, just the ambiance. It's dark outside. It's cold outside. Um, it, it just felt good it, in, in Christian Watson and, and the deep passes and the fact that it was Watson and the three touchdowns and the two interceptions. And it just, you know, we just haven't had that in a while. And it, it really got to the point it was the exact opposite for me of the Lions game. It really was the, the Lions game. I think it was a Lions game. There was a point where it got really close and it didn't matter. it it, the the winner loss had no bearing whatsoever if we won that game i wouldn't have felt any different about it because what they showed me on the field is everything i needed to know that's how i felt after this game and i know a lot of people think that's crazy because we're in a tight race to get into the playoffs i again i i don't know where we stand as far as all that goes i think it's a tough 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 race to get to the top and, and to get into the playoffs and even if we do As as awesome as that was, there's so many issues. I mean, just the injuries alone. You know, I don't know. The point is, in my mind, if we had lost the game, I still would have felt great about it. That's the point. Because the bottom line is, whether or not you want this season to be great, or you're more concerned with the future, we still need a good team. That's what we need. And so, seeing the offensive line block well, the quarterback playing well, the wide receivers playing well. The running backs, playing well. Seeing the defense as a whole, playing really well. A couple mishaps here and there, granted. Cut them a little slack due to injuries. But yeah, on, on, on an individual basis, there's so many positives to take away from this. Here's where my head is at primarily, and, I, and I'm really upset that I didn't say this before. I thought about this after I did the podcast, and I was like, man, I wish I would have put that out into the universe just in case. I was talking about how there's, you know, the whole Any Given Sunday thing, right? Even if you're 14-point underdogs, occasionally a team's going to win. You never know. It could happen any time. But the point of the Any Given Sunday thing is it's when that team wins, let's say, I don't know, the Raiders are playing the, uh, the Buffalo Bills, just picking, like, the worst team and the best team. I don't know, the Texans and the Bills, Texans and the Chiefs, whatever, Texans-Eagles. I don't care. If the Texans win that game, I don't think very many people are going to say, dude, the Texans are better than the Eagles and are legit Super Bowl contenders now. Nobody says that. They understand that flukes happen. Now, you might adjust some things and say, well, I don't know. Maybe are the Eagles maybe not as good as we thought? And maybe the Texans are a little better than we thought. Let's go back and look at some of the games, see some of the circumstances or whatever. But generally speaking, on a power ranking, the Eagles are still going to be ahead of the Of the Texans, and by a wide margin. I mean, the Eagles might drop, but below who? Bills just lost to the Vikings. They're still going to be a top-five team for sure. And the Texans are probably still going to be a bottom-five team with the worst record in football. I say that to say, if the Packers pull off in any given Sunday, was it in any given Sunday? Or was it not? And, And what makes it really complicated and difficult is that this isn't a bad team. It is, but it isn't. They have the talent to be able to do that every week. In fact, they have the talent to do more than that every week. There's still a a decent amount of mental errors and what the heck are you doing type things. And, you know, Amari should never, ever be in that. He shouldn't have been in that position and probably won't be going forward. So there's a massive improvement. And so although the record is bad, and so you look at it and go, okay, a bad team beat a good team. Let's not get over, you know, carried away. Well, that's true. But also, usually the teams with records like we have don't have Rodgers and Bakhtiari and da 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 down the line. So I don't know. If we did a little pros and cons list, for example, it's not really pros and cons, but it's a phrase that we all understand. On the we're about to go back to zero list, number one, we all just passed around a video by Kurt Warner that said, what was it called? Green Bay Packers are broken? Was it something like that? It had something to do with the fact that they're irredeemably broken and will never return to anything other than trash. Oh, here. It's called The Packers Are Done. In that video, we saw wide receivers running into each other and falling down and going the wrong direction. Did you see um, Sammy Watkins? Did you see an off-target pass that he went back and caught? Did you see that beautiful back-shoulder throw that he caught? Here's one question. Are we going to see this version of Sammy Watkins all year or more of the other version of Sammy Watkins? What's more likely? Do you think we're going to see more three-touchdown games and 100-yard games from Christian Watson or less? Are we going to be able to sustain Aaron Jones getting 5.8 yards and A.J. Dillon 5 yards per carry every game? Is the offensive line going to be able to continue to block as well as they did? Is Aaron Rodgers, who has had maybe one good game, two good games this entire season, and I think this was his best, is this Rodgers for the rest of the year, or is this Rodgers just this week? How often does Rudy Ford get two touchdowns? Because listen, as good as this game was, a three-touchdown game from Christian Watson and a two-pick game from our defense in general, much less one player, probably not super sustainable stats. A lot of what we're seeing is not very sustainable. I'm not just trying to be negative. Again, this is a, it's got, we got two sides of this. This is the one side. I'm asking, is this the Packers we're going to see every single year? Because some of the things I'm looking at would indicate probably not so much. I'm just I'm perusing Twitter because apparently I'm an addict. I don't know why I keep doing that during the, the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm gathering information, but I, I just came across this from JJ. Just throwing it out into the universe. He says, the Packers' defense is a problem. If it weren't for Rudy Ford's picks, this is a defensive nightmare. I mean, first of all, Dallas scored 28. That's kind of a lot of points. Remember, based on that estimation of what they were going to score, it would be roughly closer to about 24 points. But yeah, you add in two interceptions. And by the way, two of our touchdowns came off of those interceptions. It's at least a 14-point swing. That's assuming Dallas doesn't score anything. We won by three in overtime. But what if, I mean, what if they just got field goals on that drive? Now we're talking 34 points given up by our defense. So even as I say, is this the same team we see all year? Because that's the only way that we're going to be able to sustain this. I say that all the while, our defense kind of had a bad day. I mean, 28 points in any other year in my lifetime pretty much is not that big of a deal. But in 2022, apparently 28 points may as well be 38 points. How about one more negative? A lot of what we did was new. There's not a lot of tape on Christian Watson. By the way, for the first time, we finally decided to commit to the run. I'm guessing the Cowboys didn't come into this game expecting that because the Packers haven't done it all year. We ran the ball 39 times and passed it 20. We completed 14 passes but ran the ball 39 times. Passing the ball, we were 14 of 20 for 208 yards. Running the ball, um, 39 carries for 207. One less yard rushing than passing. Not a lot of tape on Christian Watson. How about the defensive adjustments with Savage in the slot? Rudy Ford at safety. No Rashawn Gary. The increased amount of blitzes as a result of that. Blitzing Savage out of the slot. Blitzing the linebackers. Blitzing the safeties. There's a whole lot of new stuff the Packers are doing. All right, let's talk about the positive side of things. Number one, as I've already said, they have the talent to be this good. It's not just a complete fluke where, hey, we're a trash team, but who knows? Maybe they have the talent and you just saw it. Number two, I believe and have said that what this team needs is Christian Watson. The offense had become too compressed. It was very simple to beat the Packers. Take away the run, dare them to pass. Very simple. Nobody can get behind us because they don't have any speed. Rodgers is inaccurate. The receivers run the wrong routes. We're just going to take away the run, period. With Watson running behind the defense all day long and connecting with it, it ruined everything. So can Aaron Jones sustain six yards per carry every game and A.J. Dillon five? Probably not, but I bet we run the ball really well for the rest of the year. How many times did Dallas play single high safety? Every time they did it, I said, just throw it. Throw the ball. And the one time they they highlighted it, they said, oh, see, they, they got single high, and look at all these guys in the box. We ran the ball and didn't get anywhere. Kind of annoying. But that's your one-two punch. Run, 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 run. You want to come up and stop us? No. Why? Because you're going to throw it over our head? That's right, we will. Run, 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 run. We we have refused to commit to the run, which is another facet of this. We have the ability. The other thing I said on top of we need Christian Watson, not because Christian's the most elite wide receiver in the world – Saw that back shoulder, that was a disaster. He doesn't know how to do that stuff. He's unrefined. He doesn't need to know how to do that stuff. He just needs to be able to run behind the defense, and he can, and he does. And just like I said before, even if he drops some, keep throwing it. Because if he catches 50%, he's going to get 200 yards and four touchdowns if you throw it 10 times. He dropped a bunch of passes. He still had over 100 yards and three touchdowns in this game. That's what happens when you get a guy like Christian Watson. You accept some of the drops. No, there, there should be less, and there probably will. The one was just a, a mental error. He looked back, didn't know he threw it. He looks up, oh, shoot, and then tries to catch up. and He still almost caught it. But that's your one, too. And th- and then you add on to that. You got Sammy who does Sammy stuff. Well, we, we got um, Lazard doing Lazard stuff. And we didn't even unravel everything. Christian Watson didn't run any sweeps or anything like that, which is great. In fact, I said that as well. I think that works great, but we need to get away from it. Why? Because they're using it as a crutch. The reality is they know they need to get Christian Watson involved, and they don't want to use him as a receiver, so they use that as some lame excuse. We're going to use him on a jet sweep and a wide receiver screen, and it's not working anymore. That's a, that's a nonsense crutch. Well, they started using him as a wide receiver, and it paid off. But that makes you a lethal football team. The other thing that I had said a while ago, which I said hurts my soul beyond belief, was that the Packers' offense needed to look more like the Bears' offense. What did that mean? What are the Bears doing? They run the ball well. That's all they can really do. But occasionally you see Justin Fields carve up, you know, a couple really nice chunk passing plays. It's exactly what the Packers did this week. It's exactly what they did. I think the Packers are just reading my Twitter. They know. They listen to the podcast. Matt LaFleur's given up. He's like, I don't know, man. Let's just find a podcast and do whatever that moron says because I don't know what to do anymore. But that's what, that's what it is. Run, 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 run. And then by the time you pass, you run a play action, you got guys just running wide open. And you throw Christian Watson in the mix, even if you see it, you, you can't stop it. You get him a free release. They showed that one touchdown pass with the poor corner who you know, he's not able to get his hands on him because they use that bunch formation. So nobody can get their hands on him. So he's just in a dead sprint. You're dead. You're, you, you, there's nothing you can do. If you're going to try to press on the line of scrimmage, They should do that every time. You're going to try to press... Christian Watson use formation to get him a free release. That guy was dead the second that ball was snapped. It was over, game over. But the point is, they they did it. They're they're looking more like the Bears' offense, which it's, I know is going to annoy a lot of people, and they're not going to like it. We have Aaron Rodgers. Why would you do that? This is why you do that. You know, well, you can't score. The, the problem with running the ball is you can't score a lot of points. Well, apparently you can, especially if you got like got a guy like Watson, so that those few passes really have a lot of oomph to him just completed 14 passes and you know what looking at it this isn't the first time this isn't even that unusual aaron Rodgers, 2009 against seattle i'm just looking at times when he completed 14 or fewer passes completed 12 passes uh in that game there's there's only 14 games where he's had this few and i'm sure some of these are injury related got one game with one completion so call it 10 times in his entire career ever that he's thrown for this few let's just let's just do it in order here's all the wins that they had um 2010 against detroit scored he he completed 12 passes and we scored 28 points in 2012 against uh, again detroit only completed 14 passes we scored 27 points In 2012 against Arizona, 14 completions, 31 points we scored. Uh, 2009 against St. Louis, 13 completions, scored 36 points. Against uh, Minnesota in 2014, 12 completions, scored 42 points. And then in 2009 against Seattle, 12 completions, 48 points. You would expect all of the wins to be like 10, 12, 13 points. Basically, low scoring, right? You're not completing any passes, so obviously you're winning because your defense bailed you out. Nope. Two of these wins, and granted, there's losses here too, but not a ton. They're mostly wins, and most of them are pretty big-time blowouts. Looks like there might only be about four losses. I'm trying to guess which ones are probably not actual games being played. Four losses and six wins, and 27 points is the lowest amount of points scored. These aren't the results I would have expected, I guess. So, is it feasible to throw the ball less and not only win, but score a bunch of points doing it? Yes. Rodgers against Arizona, um, the 31 to 17 win, 14 completions, four touchdowns. Again, if, if, if you make the passes count, it doesn't matter as much. At the end of the day, we're talking about yards. So, as a positive, Rodgers, as opposed to some of the other guys, guys like Sammy, where you look at and go, eh, that's not really normal Sammy. I expect him to go back to normal. Rodgers, this is normal Rodgers. Maybe not for this year, but this is the Rodgers we've been waiting for all year. So there is reason to expect that he would stay this way. Watson, although you don't expect three touchdowns, he didn't do anything other than what we expected as a a baseline minimum. So there's nothing to look at and say, yeah, but he's probably not going to be able to do that again. Do what again? run fast of course he will so the point is i i don't know i don't know what to expect um i i will say this i i think there's a very good chance that we see a better version of the packers moving forward i also think it's very hard to envision it's going to be a run the table type of situation um there's tough teams coming up this was one of them and they beat them um. also have to factor in that it's the Cowboys and the Packers do play better against the Cowboys. It's just one of those things, right? We struggle against the Lions. We beat the Cowboys. We beat the Rams. We lose to the 49ers. We lose to the Buccaneers. It's just one of those things. We're good against them. Um, Rodgers is good against them. Same with the Bears. We beat the Bears. We always beat the Bears, right? This season, if there's one game we're going to win from here on out, it's if I, if you told me I can only pick one, Mm, Bears, probably the Bears for sure. Um, but that's if I had to guess maybe where we're headed, and I'm fine with that. I've already made peace with the season being done. Not saying it is, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm not going to be crushed if we don't make a run and make it into the playoffs because I've already kind of made peace with that. What I need to see, what we all need to see, is a team that has heart, that cares, that has talent. And, you know, I know a lot of people are concerned about the, the draft picks, and, and that is a concern, no question about it. We're not going to get the value, but there's got to be some kind of a balance between getting additional help with the team so that you can be better next year moving forward and, and into the future, and getting that stud that's going to be able to help you, or multiple studs, or whatever it happens to be, and having a team that's worth saving with the draft. You know, Again, one player doesn't elevate anybody. But it sure can't help a lot, so we got to find that balance between, hey, we got to make sure that we still have a really good team that's you know gonna win anything anyways, and um, but look, aside from all of that, again, I just come back to how good this day felt, and I think we all felt it, even the fans that are like, yeah, but the draft pick, you got to admit, this felt pretty good, you know it did. And I think the good news is we're going to see a little bit more of this. I, I, I don't expect, again, I don't expect this to be all year, every year. Uh, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be losses. But the point is there's going to be things to cheer for for once, <laughs> which is nice. And I look forward to that. Um, we, can, we can dwell on some of the negatives a little bit more another time. But we'll, we'll let the, the feel-goods feel good today. Uh, why don't we take a break? In the effort of getting this done somewhat sooner, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the podcast, fertilegroundranch.org. If you would like to support uh, my father's ministry, we would be greatly appreciated. Please check them out and consider whether or not you'd be willing or able. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. All right, a couple quick hitters here. Stats. Kind of touched on a few of these. Rodgers, 14 of 20, 224 yards and three touchdowns. That'd be like a career game for Justin Fields. Oh, I'm going to go in so hard on those those guys. You have no idea. They're so mad, and I'm just feeding off of it. Justin Fields is him. He is him. Guy throws for 40 yards and a touchdown every game. By the way, they're like 1-7 in seven in their last eight games or something. <laughs> they're so Unbelievably bad. One in six in their last seven. I don't know. But yeah, Justin Fields is him. Bears are getting into a rhythm, man. It's not, it doesn't, I mean, they're not winning, but, you know, they're in a rhythm. Um, Aaron Jones, 24 carries, go figure. 138 yards, 5.8 yards per attempt, and a touchdown. As best, As best as I can tell, that is the most carries Aaron Jones has had Since Week 17 in 2019, that was the only time he's rushed for as many or more yards in his career since Matt LaFleur has been here. 25 carries against Detroit in Week 17 is number one. This would be number two. So that's crazy. By the way, the last time the Packers ran the ball 39 times in a game, 2020 against the Chicago Bears, the game we won 41-25. The time before that was twenty fifteen, so pretty rare. AJ Dillon thirteen carries, sixty five yards, five yard average. By the way, Jones's longest carry was thirty yards. AJ Dillon's longest carry was seventeen yards. Receiving, which is the most fun, um, Christian Watson eight targets, four receptions, one hundred seven yards, thirteen point four yards per reception, twenty uh, per, per target, twenty six point eight reception three touchdowns 58 yards was his longest Aaron Jones had two receptions uh, for 18 yards Sammy Watkins three for three 47 yards Alan Lazard four targets three receptions 45 yards Robert Tunyon one reception eight yards Mercedes Lewis one reception negative one yards defense um, tackles Isaiah McDuffie led the team by a pretty hefty margin he had 13 tackles. Jair and Amos had nine. Sacks were credited to Adrian Amos and Kenny Clark. I know um, a lot of people are saying Jaron Reed had one, so I don't know if this is a PFF mistake or maybe that's one where they credit it to somebody else. I don't know. Tackles for a loss. In addition to those two sacks, Quay Walker had a tackle for a loss. Forced fumbles. Corey Ballantine had one. Um Interceptions, obviously, Rudy Ford, player of the day, potentially, or Christian Watson, I don't know, take your pick, doesn't matter either way. Um, Two interceptions on the day for 68 yards. He had two pass deflections, I'm guessing those are interceptions. Uh, In addition to that, Jair had a pass deflection, Savage had a pass deflection, Quay had a pass deflection, and Jonathan Garvin had a pass deflection. Kick returns, Keyshawn Nixon, player of the special teams. I think we got one for each. Right, I mean, you could give it to Mason, but I saw at the end of the game they're like player of the game or play of the game, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna up, they're uh, going to queue up Watson's 58 yarder, and they pull up uh, Mason Crosby's 28 yarder, and they're like, it's the game winner, and I'm like, yeah, but it's a 28 yard field goal. There might have been a better game, a better play in the game, I don't know. But anyways, special teamer, if I had to pick one, is definitely Keyshawn Nixon. Um, the guy looks incredible to me he always has and it's it's one of those weird things cuz i looked at his you know his stats in the in the past for pff and they were not very impressive so it's like i i like him when he runs the ball he runs with authority he looks really really good but it, apparently he's never really done it so maybe he can't sustain that but every time he touches the ball it looks like he's going to break one and i love that five kick returns for 103 yards 20.6 average his longest was 26 punt return amari uh, obviously he muffed the punt, so he was taken off of that. And then you put Keyshawn on on punt return, and he has two for nineteen yards. His longest was thirteen yards. Anyways, just a couple more notes here. Some stuff from Twitter. I did take a bunch of uh, bookmarks just to kind of run through them, but I'm not going to do that again. I just I really don't have the time for it. But I really like this stat here. This is via Zach Cruz. Christian Watson's catches on Sunday: third and one, down by seven, touchdown. Fourth and seven. Down 28 14 touchdown. Third and two, down 28 21 first down, and then first and goal, down 28 21 touchdown. Three of those four, not only did he have a ton of yards and a bunch of receptions and obviously a massive amount of touchdowns, not only that, but three of the four are critical conversions, including a fourth and seven touchdown. That's huge. For so many reasons. I mean, to be able to... We know Devontae was always that guy. We know Lazard is a lot of times that guy. He had that critical... I think it was a fourth down that he converted. He's been good with that stuff. Right? Randall Cobb is good with those kinds of things. Not only is it good to have a guy that can do it in critical situations, but for Rodgers to look his way in those situations is unbelievable. You know, when we started this game, Watson dropped the first two passes. And it absolutely crushed me because i just felt horrible for watson because again you know the talent is there you know it's there and you know only a handful of plays later you know i've mentioned my son is the biggest christian watson fan on planet earth so i was so glad to be able to watch that that was the biggest thing for me with with watson not only am i excited for him because i think he's gonna be a good player and all that stuff but i know that's my son's guy And so to be able to cheer with him when Watson got those touchdowns, that was so much fun. But just a handful of plays later, my son's like, why aren't they throwing to Christian Watson? It's been like four passes since his second drop. And I'm like, well, he dropped the ball a couple times. So, you know, it's not going great when we've thrown to him so far. And he kind of got upset. And I was like, to be honest, they may not throw to him again the rest of the game. Can you imagine how catastrophic this game would have been if they had done what the Packers tend to do? which is to say, you know what? You're not getting it. You're not ready. We're not going there. But again, here's the thing. Here's what I think. I think under different circumstances, that's exactly what they would have done. I think under different circumstances with a different player, if you're just some random guy and I threw it to you twice and you dropped it, you're done. I genuinely believe the Packers know they have a star in Christian Watson. I really do believe that. I think they know that he's raw, but the fact that he has come in, and these last couple of weeks with almost no time, and I know there's a lot of injuries, but the fact that the Packers have come in and said, we need to build a lot of this offensive game plan around him. Was it two weeks ago when he got injured? They said a lot of the game plan was designed around Christian Watson. Why would you do that? You have Aaron Jones on your team. You have A.J. Dillon on your team. You have, you know, depending on the week, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs. Why would you build an offense... And a game plan around a raw rookie wide receiver who didn't play in, in the offseason hardly at all, in the preseason at all, has had very limited time in the regular season. And when he's been on the field, he's had drop issues and everything. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Why indeed? I think we just saw why. Again, it, it's, they see exactly what I was seeing, exactly what a lot of other people were seeing when they went back and looked at it and said, dude, this guy's open all the time. If we can't make this work, we suck. Can you imagine being a team that says we're really struggling because we can't stretch the field and you've got a guy like Christian Watson who can get behind the defense almost every time he runs down the field. How much you'd have to suck to be that team. I mean, Sammy Watkins is a speed guy. Dobbs has some speed too, but they're not Christian Watson. And again, you want to talk about how much the Packers really like Christian Watson? Look at this third and one, fourth and seven, third and two. Where did Rodgers go? Well, maybe it's because he's open. Maybe it is. That doesn't make it any different, does it? Even if the original plan wasn't to go to him, he, he got open. He was the guy. He said, you know what? I'll be that guy. I'll get open. I'm ready. And he caught all of those. Got one more thing I want to read here about Christian Watson. This is via PFF. They got their little game recap thing. Christian Watson, the Packers rookie, was Green Bay's top target and led the way with a three-touchdown performance. Watson was the clear number two receiver in terms of playing time. Part of this was by default with Romeo Dobbs and Randall Cobb out. But it's notable how much more he was involved than Sammy Watkins. Now, yeah, part of that has to do with Sammy being maybe not exactly great. But has Christian been great? Up to this point, has he just been tearing it up in the NFL? Of course not. Continuing, the Packers have wanted to get Watson more involved for a few weeks now, but he's constantly been dealing with injuries. Watson's 25% target rate this season is behind only Chris Olave and Drake London among rookies. Think about what I just said. 25% target rate. What does that mean? How many routes did you run? And how many times when you ran a route did the ball go to you? 25% of the time when Christian Watson is on the field and running a route, the ball's going to him. You remember R- Romeo Dobbs, right? He's also a rookie. He's not getting the ball as much. Now, in terms of actual raw numbers, sure, but he hasn't played as much. In terms of team dependence on a rookie, Olave and Drake London are 1-2. And then it's Christian Watson. The Packers are more dependent on Watson than any rookies aside from two, than any other team and their rookies aside from two. That would include, for example, Garrett Wilson, Alec Pierce, George Pickens, Romeo Dobbs, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, Wandale Robinson, David Bell, Sky Moore, Samori Ture, you name it. Isn't that crazy? Especially, y- you would almost see this more, if you would have asked me, for this specific stat, who would be higher, Dobbs or Watson, I would have said Dobbs, because it's a possession thing. It's not going to be your deep threat. The deep threat gets less targets, but it's, it's more impactful once they get targeted. And yes, I understand the jet sweeps factor into this, but look at this week. How many jet sweeps did he run? Zero. Zero. How many routes run? 21. How many targets? Eight. That's 38%. He was targeted almost 40% of the time when he ran a route. And he's the deep threat guy. The point is, I think the Packers are telling us something and have been telling us something for a long time. We just haven't quite picked up on it yet because the raw numbers aren't there. This, This is very similar, in my opinion, to Rashawn Gary. Yeah, maybe I'm jumping the gun on this, but but the parallels are there. He's a young, athletic freak that is raw, but just bursting with talent, needs some refinement, and doesn't have the raw numbers. But if you look on a per-snap basis, if you look on a per-anything basis, it's all there. And, and 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 finally, with Christian Watson, this should have been more but it was the lack of refinement that cost him even more yards and at least one more touchdown. But it's not a lack of talent or ability. You look at last week when Kurt Warner did his video showing how much the wide receivers suck. What did you see? Yeah, you saw some wrong routes and stuff, but a lot of it was just getting beat by corners. Trying to catch a ball with a guy draped in your arms is is, is a hard thing to do. You know, getting pushed all the way out of bounds. We didn't see that with Watson. He's not getting beat by anybody. What corners just absolutely wrecked Christian Watson? Just muscled him out of bounds. Nobody's doing that to him. We saw a mental error in which he looked, as the, as the announcer said, he looked back instead of up. As, as a lot of people said on Twitter, he's got to learn. You're never out of it when you're talking to Aaron Rodgers. Always assume the ball's coming. Okay, lesson learned. How about the back shoulder throw? That was really ugly. But that takes time. You can learn that stuff. right? These are complicated timing things. He hasn't had a lot of time. And it's, 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 but the point is, this, this is, this is the unrefined version of Christian Watson that includes, you know, probably some jitter drops, some timing issues with the quarterback and, and one mental error. So this is not upward potential for Christian Watson. This is scratching the surface with Christian Watson. And even with the missed opportunities. Watson has tied James Lofton, James Jones, and Boyd Dowler for a um, 107-yard game as a rookie. Tied for the 15th most yards. You know, you look at you know, Devontae Adams. His best game was 121. James Jones, again, 107. Just exact same as this game. Greg Jennings has 105. MVS, 103. He tied the rookie record for receiving touchdowns with Max McGee, James Lofton, and Billy Houghton. 1978's the last time a Packers rookie's done that. Last time a receiver in Green Bay not named Devontae Adams caught three touchdowns was Randall Cobb in 2017. Anyways, in closing, I, uh, I want to play this for you. Uh, he did a Aaron Rodgers, that is, did a post-game interview. And um, this is on the field. There's a lot worth listening to there, but I want to play this because I like it. I think this is, in my opinion, this is an example of what I've been saying about, you know, when when you're winning, everything is right. When you're losing, everything is wrong. And that, that's, that goes to perception as well as reality. Um, the way we handle things, the way we talk, the way everything goes, but... Um, Again, it's worth listening to. It's two and a half minutes long. I'm not going to play all that, but I am going to play this. Finally, we talked this week, and you said, I'm an optimist. I know the guy that I still am, and I know it can just take one win for things to click. How did they click going forward? with your belief? I feel like last week was kind of a rock bottom for myself, for the team, and we responded in the right way today. I'm proud of our guys. I knew we were capable of a performance like this. I knew I was capable of playing better. I knew I had to play better. And today was the kind of game I expect out of myself moving forward. We finally scored more than 30 points. Our defense has been carrying us for much of the season. But the biggest thing to remember is we're not dead. So I think the reason I wanted to play that, and really the full two and a half minutes is this is, this is, I, I know it's been a Rogers bash fest. I understand that, and a lot of people have been mad about it. The point is, yeah, the 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 play hasn't been where it's supposed to be. Neither has the attitude. This is the Rodgers that everybody knows and loves and misses, and maybe it's unfair to trash the guy because he's not playing well and because he's got a bad attitude. I don't know. Whatever. But everything about this For Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is complete and total redemption. From the play to the excitement on the field, the way he treated the guys, the way he treated Christian Watson, after two drops, he goes to Christian Watson and consoles him and says, hey, we're coming right back to you. And they did. And look at the result. Wasn't, you know, wasn't always super great. I didn't really care for the screaming at the coach thing, which might have been warranted. Honestly, I was more upset with Matt LaFleur than than Aaron Rodgers on that. Um I I just I, I don't like <laughs> I don't know. Don't we probably shouldn't get into it right now, but I I, I have issues with the lack of backbone from, from Mike McCarthy. Um and maybe he's right to just kind of stand down, but you know, to have your quarterback yell at you and for you to just drop your head like your sad puppy. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if if a player gets in your face, you get back in his face. Even if you're wrong, you got to tell him to shut his mouth. But anyways, this is the Rodgers we need. This is the Rodgers he needs. And it's again, it from the play on the field to the attitude on the field, the leadership. You want to talk? Fine. He's not a rah rah guy. You know what leadership looks like. You know what getting your guys fired up look like. Looks like two plays come to mind, and neither of them are throws. That big run from Aaron Jones down the sideline when he fumbled the ball, you know who the first person down there, it was like a 30-yard run. You know who the first person down there to help him up was? Aaron Rodgers. I remember watching that live thinking, what is he doing down there? They showed the replay. He's in a dead sprint down the sideline trying to lead block for him. And then, of course, the next play where he throws a shoulder to block another guy on another run. You know, we, we talk all the time, or, or we a lot of people, especially who have been defending Rodgers through this, have been talking about he loves the sport, and you guys are wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. He was not playing like a guy that loves the sport. It may not be an all-encompassing thing, and I'm, I'm not talking about his entire career and his entire life. He, he, he's never liked the sport and can never like it again. I'm, what I'm saying or was saying is that the guy doesn't look, no, and it's not just him, it's nobody looks like they want to play football. They look like they don't care. And, and that's what they were basically saying. That's what Jair said. That's what Rodgers is saying. They, they act like they don't care. We got to see the guys out there playing football like they love the sport. And Rodgers was leading the way. And I don't doubt for a second that that has a major impact. You want to talk about leadership? That's leadership. Mercedes Lewis came charging over to Aaron Rodgers immediately after he left that block. You know why? Because he earned his respect. I don't think there's anything you can do on a football field that's going to earn the respect of a guy like Mercedes Lewis more than watching a 40-some-odd-year-old quarterback out there blocking for his running backs and just, just getting lit up. He knew he was going to get lit up on that. doesn't matter. And then, after all that, he comes out and does an interview. And again, it, it's, it's harder to do this when you're losing than when you're winning. right? You go on Pat McAfee's show and people are talking about your interceptions, you're going to get pissy about it. Doesn't make it okay. I'm just saying it's understandable. But what did he say here? I have not been playing well. I have not been doing what I need to do. He put it on himself. He, I mean, he, he talked about the team in general. It's the exact opposite of Pat McAfee. McAfee was, yeah, it's a little bit me, but it's a lot of everybody else too. This is, we're not playing well. But then he goes on and he says himself like seven different times. He talks about how he's not been doing right. He's not been playing well. He's not playing up to his standards. And he said, this game is what he expects of himself. And he knew that he can do again. This is all everybody's been asking for. I shouldn't say everybody, because some people just hate the guy no matter what. I get that. But you got to understand, me and the vast majority of Packer fans who have been frustrated with Aaron Rodgers this year has nothing to do with just disliking him for any reason, random reasons or whatever. It's just, he's just not playing well. He's not acting right. He's not leading well. He's not doing any of those things. But this was it, and it was so good to see. This, this game was fun for so many reasons. In Lambeau Field, Packers win over the Dallas Cowboys, and those games always come down to the wire. We always beat the Cowboys, but it always feels like it's last-minute field goal, doesn't it? Always down to the wire with the Cowboys. Watson's breakout game, Rodgers having fun. Running the ball, Rudy Ford, which we've been screaming for, Savage in the slot, even if you didn't really like his performance all that much. We've been asking for all this stuff. And although it was a little bit catastrophic with the fumble, we got we got Amari off of punt returns. Sammy having a day. And by the way, not only did we run the ball, but we ran the ball well. We're a very good running team. That's awesome. Keep doing it. And I, I tell you what, I I think it might have just been the cold, it's hard to tell, but It feels like Rogers was getting a little choked up and it wouldn't surprise me because Mike McCarthy went to the podium afterward and he was getting choked up. It's hard to reconcile a team that clearly knows that they just are not playing with passion but at the same time somewhere deep down there is passion. They want it but it's just it's not manifesting anywhere on the field and I know especially for Matt LaFleur because again some of these players for sure are not doing what they need to do to prepare. That's a given. On, on any team, there's always going to be a handful of guys that are like, "Nah, I'm going to do the bare minimum, and I'm just going to skate by. I'd be that guy for sure. It's probably a big part of the reason why I'm not an NFL football player. But but Matt, like I said yesterday or today or whatever it was, the coaches are the guys that don't see their families. The coaches are the guys that, that are sleeping in their office six, seven days a week. So although I saw him get emotional at the podium, I'm like, come on, man. I mean, I get it, but don't do that. We're trying to get you to toughen up a little bit here, and like you know whatever but 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 I but you get it, you know it's it's easy to understand why, anyways, this went long as expected as usual. I do have to get Packer net after dark going. You guys have a great day, plenty more to talk about. um, I'm actually quite interested to find out how many people saw this as a positive or a negative, and for whatever reasons because there are positives and negatives with everything, but we will. Kind of dissect a little bit of this moving forward. Have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow.